In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Welcome into the Retirement Pathfinder. Today's episode, we'll be going through the mailbag. Got a number of questions we're going to go through that you sent in to us. Well, more specifically to Barbara and Phil. And we're going to present them to them and get some answers the best we can today on the show. Barbara and Phil, how are you? Good morning. Oh, how are you, Ben? Doing great. Doing, doing great. well. Doing the well. listeners. <laughs> yeah, and the listeners. We've we've had good feedback as always. And I, I think you probably had some pretty good feedback on, on having Adam and Alex on the last episode as well. It was nice having some guests on. Yes. Yeah. We, we appreciated them. And so for those of you that did not hear our, our most recent podcast, you're going to want to go back and listen to the one uh, where we invited Adam and Alex Agnew, their third generation attorneys that we do frequently use for uh, setting up estate plans for our clients. And we talked about uh, how the stretch IRA has been reduced to a 10 year, 10 year time frame and some of the ways that you can do your planning around that. And then we also talked about, they also talked about the need for just a basic estate plan. So they talked about what are the real differences between wills and trusts. So you're going to want to check that out if you missed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a very good conversation. Um, I would recommend you going back to the last episode. And and if you haven't, please subscribe too, so you don't miss out. We might try to have them on again at some point down the road. So you want to subscribe to the show so you won't miss that as well. Before we jump into today's mailbag, we of course got to get an update. Phil, how's everything at the farm? Well, the uh, yeah, everything's doing well at the farm. We uh, actually did something that I wanted to do for several years, Ben, and that's uh, we completed a project uh, of building a farm pond. You know, what is a farm without a nice, big, deep pond supplied by a continuous flow of spring water where the kids and the grandkids can go out there swimming and fishing and just uh, having a great, great old time? And so uh, with the help of a civil engineer and an excavator, we built a dam at the end of a ravine. Uh, that would have at least a one acre surface of water 12 feet deep. And so we had this spring fed creek coming down from the side of a hill. We put that dam at the end and by golly, we started to fill that thing up with water. And we got it about half full this year. Um, But you know, Ben, I was reminded by my old saying that nothing works out exactly the way I planned it. At least Phil Gusky doesn't, you know. (laughs) So the pond got about half full and then something happened. Guess what happened? Oh, what happened? What happened? No, the band, the dam didn't burst. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but uh, we 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 hit a drought, and this ah. has been the driest season, yep, in Illinois that we've had in 15 years. And you know, you go downstate another 150 miles, and you know they're fine with all the water they they've gotten this year. But up here in the northern part of Illinois, it's really been dry. Yeah. In fact, even the spring is coming through in just a real trickle. And so, fortunately, there's enough water left. Uh, in that particular spring. So it, the pond is not going to dry up completely, we hope. It's not anyhow. But the big question is this, will the spring return and will it be able to fill up as we originally planned to the 12-foot level? And that's what we uh, is remains to be seen. We have to find out you know, what the uh, precipitation is going to look like in the near future and uh, see when we could get that pond filled. Yeah. Well, I hope you do. And next year will be a telltale, you know, then oh, yeah. you, know, you have to wait a year and hopefully, I hope it does for you. Thank you. Yeah, how has the drought affected crops for people this year? 
Well, it's uh, fortunately there was uh, enough water earlier in the summer to to give uh, give enough moisture to the soil and okay. and in the spring, so it's not really hurting that badly. But um, yeah, if you put it put it in a little bit later, like we did, I mean, it's yeah, we're seeing some effects, some curling leaves on the on the corn stalks and so forth. But yeah, uh, it didn't really affect it as badly as we thought it would. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, we uh, we hope the water and the rain picks back up for you guys so the drought uh, will end, but um, we wish you the best with that. It'd be great once it's finally done and, and installed. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. It will be. Yeah. In fact, uh, really the biggest problem we see around town is everybody's lawns are brown, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, and they their gardens are dried up too. So that's, that's yeah. a problem for them. Well, Phil, I just came back from Nashville and it rained there. I was there for four days, Ben, and it rained three days. And it was the kind of rain we, we would have loved to have seen up here. It was just this mm. trickle or the soft rain all day long, just, you know, soaking into the ground and I should have brought it back. I should. Have. <laughs> yes, you should have. Yeah, yeah. You should yeah. have reached out to me. I would have. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's jump into today's episode. We're going to give some mailbag questions. Got a number of different topics covering financial and retirement planning. If you ever have anything on your mind, please, we encourage you to send it in to us. Uh, you can do so pathfinderadvisory.com, but also pathfinderchat.com, new website that was set up that uh, allows you to quickly set up a time to meet and, and, and chat with Barbara and Phil. Very simple, pathfinderchat.com. All right. So, Angie's first up. She writes in, I want to start a business for baking and designing custom wedding cakes. And I'd like to put an addition on my home to give me the space to do this. Should I take the money from my IRAs or should I get a business loan of some sort? Uh, ben, in order to give Angie a good question, I need to put my business coach hat on. And okay. so hold on a second. Let me put it on. Okay. It's on now. <laughs> Got the calculator all fired up. So I wish to congratulate Angie, first of all, for taking the bold step of launching her own business. You know, that's kind of the all American dream to be in business for yourself and be independent, make a lot of money and, and that type of thing. Well, you know, as Angie's new business coach, I need to let her know the downside of this thing. And the odds of her succeeding in business are pretty low down in the, in the teen percentages. So so I want to I want to basically kind of you know level level it out for her and just say look you know we we all have stars in our eyes and so we have to understand the reality of the business world out there so so the first thing that I would suggest that that Angie do is do a personal inventory and my friend and pastor Chris Braun says you know check yourself before you wreck yourself it's a good one it's a good saying yeah <laughs> and so in other words are you physically emotionally and financially up to the task of being in business. You know, in a short response here that we have, uh, I'm going to go as just assume that that Angie that you are. So, so let's give you some advice by the numbers here, and, and also by way of full disclosure, uh, my wife started her own cake decorating business years ago after she got her degree in culinary arts. So I, I speak from experience here. So the first thing we need to do is create a business plan. Decide, Angie, how much, how large your business uh, is you want to be or you want it to grow. What kind of product do you want to produce? You know, there's a big difference between producing cupcakes and uh, wedding cakes. How many employees do you want to have? And you will need employees if you want to build your business, milestones and dates to achieve and so forth. You know, and so if you don't have a business plan in place, it would be wise to go online, uh, Google some examples, and you can even get the help from local, uh, uh, from the local community college here, from business, the business department there, they're willing to help you. Number two, make sure that you're adequately capitalized. And uh, in other words, do you have enough cash or financing to purchase equipment? Uh, for supplies, for salaries, that type of thing. Do you have the resource to tie you over until the business begins to show adequate cash flow? That's really important. I mean, if you've gone through what we did this last year with the COVID, I mean, it, you might be out of business before you see any cash flow at all. 
Number three, rather than spending thousands of dollars on to put an addition on your home, which you asked about, Angie, begin small in, your, in the kitchen that you have. Um, one of the things that I want to point out to Angie is that uh, my wife discovered when she went into business that it was there were a lot of kitchens out there that you could rent to include the entire equipment. So you That's don't amazing. have to... Yeah, you don't have to you don't have to build an addition on your home. You don't have to rent a, a place to to start from. You can rent on a month by month basis or by the hour. Be something to uh, understand and to to look out for. Uh, number four, I would not recommend taking money from your IRA, four hundred one k, or pension plans if you're starting out in business for the first time. As mentioned earlier, the chances of succeeding are very small. And you may end up losing the funds that you worked many years to accumulate. Wouldn't that be a tragedy? So besides that, it would cost you a lot of money in taxes and penalties. If you're under age 59 and a half, Angie, you didn't say your age, but if you're under age 59 and a half and you take out of these pensions, 401ks, IRA accounts, not only is there a tax on that, but there's a 10% tax penalty. So if you decide though that this is your only option, I would tell you that if you take that money out, you have to be willing to lose that money in that business. You know, it's not a, there's no guaranteed return on it. So the best option is to start small and place those profits back into your business, build it by allowing it to pay for itself. And I always say, remember Phil Gusty's uh, long-term business tip, everything in business takes longer than you think, is more expensive than you planned, and doesn't always go the way you expected. Absolutely. Absolutely. I knew that that question was right up your alley with what your wife yep. had done in, in uh, with her culinary arts degree in your home. You know, Angie, I always admire entrepreneurs as well because of your willingness to take a risk. And I am the same as uh, with Phil as far as not taking money from your from your IRA accounts. I would suggest a loan. Um, taking money from your 401k account is taking money from an account that's taxed the highest. And as Phil said, it could also be a penalty. But I see people that have taken loans from their 401ks and they, it never gets repaid. Mm-hmm. So then you've got that, you've got to pay the taxes someday, uh, either now or when you leave the company. Another thing you could do is check with the small business, the SBA, it's the Small Business Administration, and that's their job to help small businesses. Uh, loans are pretty reasonable right now just because interest rates are very low. And so if you're actually to the point to where you're looking at a business loan, now would be the time before they increase uh, because they're going to increase eventually with uh, just to keep pace with inflation. Yeah, some great information. Thank you for that question, Angie. Best of luck to you. Sounds like you should just you know, prepare for the best, but plan for the worst. That's always the mm-hmm. way to attack things. Sure. All right. Erico is next. Says, I've dabbled in trading options in my IRA over the years, but never had time to master it. I'm retiring in a year and feel that once I have more time to spend on it, I'll be able to meet all of my retirement income needs this way. Is that a reasonable assumption? Well, Erica, you only get one retirement. Do you want to risk it? That'd be my question. Mm. So no matter what you hear or you've experienced, even the traders that do this every day, they lose. It's actually part of the game, if you will, for lack of better words. You have to be willing to lose money because no one calls the trades right every single time. And if you miss an important option state, how much are you willing to lose? That's the question. You also mentioned you mentioned that you've dabbled in it. So to trade from time to time means that you don't have a lot of experience, um, but there's really no foolproof way to trade options. Every option offers a potential profit as well as a potential loss. Are you willing to risk your retirement? I wouldn't suggest it. And would you really want to monitor this every day? If you're going to, if you're going to do that kind of trading, you have to mm-hmm. monitor it every single day. The best strategy for you in retirement is one where your income from your investments and social security, et cetera, is going to meet your expenses. And the investment strategy should be based on your age, if you're married, your annual expenses, inflation, taxation. 
And then when you can physically see, when you can actually see a plan to last to age 100, then you could take a couple thousand dollars on option trade. I have a couple of clients have done that, take a few thousand dollars and they just look at it and they say, it's just, it's just fun, Barb, for me to get up and do this every day. That's different. And you could do that and see how you would do with those dollars. But you may just like having an income in retirement where you've got a comfortable lifestyle to do the things that you want to do when you want to do them, the things you couldn't do during your working years. You could always reach out to us. As a matter of fact, I would, I would recommend you do, Erica, reach out to us at pathfinderchat.com. This is such an important topic. I would hate to see you trade away your retirement because the, uh, the stories that we've heard in the past are not successful. Well, I, I just want to chime in here on the options because you know, in years I've been in the business, I've actually traded options for myself. And believe you me, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme or get-rich-quick approach. You need to really understand what you're doing. It's a zero-sum game. In other words, if you sell an option, it's somebody else at the other end is buying that option and vice versa. And so it doesn't really create wealth uh, the way we would think it would with stocks and bonds and mutual funds. But the other thing about it is that you've got to spend a tremendous amount of time monitoring those options. And and one of the things I found out is that uh, with all the time and effort and emotional experience, uh, effort that you put into trading options, quite frankly, you would be better off having a, a well-structured portfolio. It probably would pay you and, and pay off just as well as if you had been successful in the options business. So just bear that in mind. It takes a lot of work, a lot of effort. People would uh, sell you programs to teach you options, but quite frankly, it's not get rich quick. You know, it's it's funny you said that too, Phil, because, you know, the payouts for, you know, that kind of trading, you can have big payouts. So they're, you know, big gains, but you also have oh, big losses. Absolutely. So, you know, it's kind of like when you ask people how much money they've made when they went to Vegas, well, they tell you about the wins, but when you factor <laughs> into in, in the losses, your average, because it's probably less than what it would have been in a diversified portfolio to begin with. You're, you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah, people always love talking about their big wins, but you'll never hear about the times they've lost, which (laughs) most of the times outweigh the wins. All right. uh, Appreciate that question, Erico. Uh, How about Christopher? Says, I'll be turning 70 at the beginning of next year, and I'm annoyed that I'll have to start taking money out of my IRA because I won't even need it. I'm sure you have some tips for circumventing this rule. What are they? I would certainly identify with Christopher's angst about being forced to take distributions out of his IRA account because. especially if he doesn't need the money. I'll be turning 70 next year as well. And so my intention is to keep on working. But at some point, you know, even during those years, working years, uh, they will require me to take RMDs out of that IRA account. But let me give Christopher some good news. Under the new SECURE Act, your required minimum distribution or RMD age has been moved from 70 and a half to 72. So that gives you some additional time to take advantage of early distributions on your IRA potentially, now listen to this, Christopher, potentially tax-free because of that uh, new act that was passed recently. Well, take that money out potentially tax-free and converting it to a Roth conversion account or a Roth conversion IRA. This will have the potential of lowering your taxes on IRA distributions in later years. So to understand the power of this, let me give you an actual client example. Henry and June, not their real names, of course, both age 65, came to our taxes and retirement class recently, and they discovered that uh, the age has been moved for the RMD from 70 and a half to 72. That was important for them to know. They also learned that under the Tax Reduction and Jobs Act of 2017, they can actually withdraw some of their 401k money and pay little or no federal income tax. And there's some reasons for that, which we don't have a lot of time to explain right now. They also understood that some, for some taxpayers, not for everybody, 
But for some taxpayers, they could place that money into a, uh, those 401k distributions into a Roth conversion account and grow that money tax-free. Their only question was, were we candidates for this particular strategy? Not everyone is, but they thought maybe they wanted to explore that at length. And so they decided to, to come in and see Barb and I, and after sharpening up our pencil and booting up the tax clarity software that we use, it was determined that they could uh, have an income mix of both Social Security and IRA distribution. How about this? 100% tax-free. Yeah. It doesn't happen for everybody, but it did for them. Then they stepped up the plan and decided to take part of that distribution and set up a Roth conversion account and deposited $20,000 into it. The account will deliver tax-free accumulation and tax-free income in the future. That was a fabulous combination. Tax-free income coming out, deposit into a Roth, tax-free going forward. So the big idea here is to do that IRA distribution in a lower tax environment like we're in right now, and then deposit that money into a Roth conversion account prior to having to take that RMD. All right. Now it's important to know because let's say they wait. And so in this example of Henry and June, who are age 69, had waited till they were 72 bar before they took the money out and decided to do some Roth conversions, the tax would go from zero to seven thousand dollars. Yeah. The requirement would have been more. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a no-brainer. Either they pay zero now or they pay uh seven thousand dollars later on. So our advice to Christopher is don't stay in the annoyed mode forever. But give us a call and determine if you might be a candidate for lower taxes using some of these strategies. Give us a call at 815-399-9806 or connect with us at pathfinderchat.com. Yeah. So in this case, too, with this couple that's 65 years old, they've got seven years to do Roth conversions. That's a big deal. That would be a big deal. So then, uh, yeah, a couple of other things, too, I was going to add to that, Phil. And one is that, uh, Christopher, you're turning 70, so it sounds like you'll be 70 and a half also now. If you are charitably inclined, you can send up to $100,000 to a charity and the money won't count as taxable income. Now, mind you, this has to be done properly and it has to be, can't just be any charity. So so you know, keep that uh, in mind as well. And, and like Phil says, you have a few years to do Roth conversions. But I, the question I would have also is, are you interested in any legacy planning for your kids and, mm-hmm. and or maybe a charity? Because there are some great planning opportunities available depending on your thoughts uh, where you could maximize your giving in a big way, tax-free to the recipients. Yeah, some good information there. Thank you, Christopher, for that as well. We got one more we want to get in before this episode is complete, and it comes in from Brad. He says, they recently announced at work that our 401ks are now going to have a Roth option. Should I put my future savings in that instead of the traditional 401k? I'm glad you asked that question, Brad. It's a very good question. Mm-hmm. And uh, because over the recent years, 401k options have allowed the, the Roth as well. And that's a great option to have. Well, the considerations are this, your age and how close to retirement you are. Do you need the tax deduction in your income for currently contribute, contributing to the tax deferred account? And how much are you currently contributing? You can contribute up to $19,000 if you're under age 50, $26,000 if you're over age 50. If your total contributions for the year are a few thousand dollars, you're not receiving a big tax savings because the deduction is above the line, meaning it may only be a minuscule tax savings to you. The Roth 401k, you don't receive a tax deduction because you're contributing after tax dollars, but there's no required minimum distribution at age 72. It's a tax-free account as long as it's been held for five years or over age, or you're at least age 59 and a half. Doesn't count toward Medicare Part B and Part D premiums if you would withdraw from it. But here's the key. Find out from your employer if they match on the Roth portion. 
I've only seen one company that does so. You could contribute up to the match and the pre-tax side, and then you could contribute the rest of what you want to contribute into the Roth. So a couple of things to recap, and that is that many people want the tax deduction if they have high income, but just understand that that pre-tax account is growing and growing. So the value can be sizable, which creates a ticking tax time bomb. And when tax rates increase, all of those dollars are going to be taxed higher. And secondly, if you're contributing small amounts, you may not see much of a tax increase when you pay your taxes if you contribute to the Roth. But the benefits down the road, if you have many years before retirement, you'll you'll greatly appreciate accessing that money tax free. So here's the thing is that with uh, there's always lots of questions with financial questions. So give us a call at 815-399-9806. We'd be glad to chat with you for 15 minutes. Barb, I think that a lot of people that started 401k plans years ago had no idea that they would be able to have the money compound the way it has and end up with seven-figure accounts We're at retirement. We're seeing quite a few lately. We're seeing a lot of people with a million dollars, million five, two million or more. And all of a sudden they realize, gosh, look at all the taxes that are going to have to be paid. So, you know, a lot of people miss the power of Roth contributions early on. And so now, of course, you know, there's some opportunities to do some Roth conversions under the latest tax law, but that time is limited as well because there's a sunset provision on that particular law as well. Isn't it? Was it 2023 on the 2017 tax law change? Oh, you're talking about before the increased taxes? Correct. Yeah, that was supposed to be through 2025, but taxes will be will Who change knows? before that. Who that knows? That's the assumption. Yeah, there's power in the Roth conversion, though. Keep that in mind. And so uh, get in touch with us if you want to find out the details there. Yeah, pathfinderchat.com is the best way to do that. And I guess, too, is it, is it a good uh, recommendation for people that aren't sure if their company offers the Roth to ask? Because that's not something they always promote, right? It's not something that's always available. Yeah. That's, uh, and, and, and more and more uh, 401k companies are getting on board with that. But, uh, you know, I, what, what I've seen is very few that contribute you know, for the employee in the Roth, they contribute for the tax deferred account because of course, then they mm-hmm. get the tax deduction too. Um, but that's not a reason to not contribute to the Roth. And, you know, they can still contribute up to the match and then the balance of what they'd like to contribute put in the Roth. Very good. Well, great questions. We do appreciate everyone that reached out to us. And again, if you have something to send it in, please do so. You can also call Barbara and Phil directly, 815-399-9806. And as always, pathfinderchat.com is the easiest way to get on Barbara and Phil's calendar over at Pathfinder Wealth Management. Thank you both for the time today. And uh, we encourage everyone to send in their questions for future episodes. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Until next time, (laughs) take care. Take care. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.